And now, without further ado, I would like to introduce the one, the only, the fabulous <laughs> Reverend Patrick Cameron. <laughs> well, I get a smile out of you. It's good. Thanks, Julie. Good morning. Welcome. This balmy Alberta day. I'll tell you, Tammy Banting brought us here eight years ago, and it was about this time that, eight years ago, and it was about 73 degrees, beautiful blue skies. What did we know? We were from Southern California, just like home. Yeah, but warm hearts, as they say. So I'm going to invite you to sing a song with me. If you'd like to stand and sing the song, that's great. If not, please stay seated. And then we'll do a prayer. And then I've got Brian up here. And Brian and I are going to sing a song that we haven't sung in a while. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room. In this very room In this very room So I invite you to know with me in this moment, once again, one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. And I claim that life in the I am in this moment as my own life. And so I have recognized the one life and I stand in union with that. I invite you to stand with me in this moment. And everything that goes upon this, this prayer is responded to beautifully and wonderfully. So I know the highest and the best is called forth here and now for each and one of us, myself included, the words, the ideas, the inspiration, the resources, the opportunities, the magic, and the miraculous are the ordinary in my experience. So everything I need this day is here now. And tomorrow it will be more and build upon this, this consciousness. And I give thanks for this blessing, for the music, for the fellowship, for the words, for the inspiration, for the laughter, for the love that we come together and remind ourselves the truth of our being, to live from that authentic self and to continue to churn that beautiful, fertile soil of consciousness in beautiful, wonderful ways. So the best truly is here now and yet to come. And for this I give thanks and together we say... And so it is. Please be seated. So Brian and I are going to sing our Rumi song, Come, which is really about coming back to ourselves. We forget sometimes. And so some of you know the words. If you don't by now, you'll, you'll become more familiar with them. You ready, buddy? Do you do, do you do any more work on your hair this week? He cut his own hair last week. And so I gave him a mirror on the way out. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Without a mirror. In the dark.
wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving. Come, come, however you are. This isn't a caravan of despair. Come, come, whoever you are. A wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving. Come, come, whoever you are. This isn't a caravan of despair And it doesn't matter if you've broken your vows A thousand times before And yet again Come again, come and yet again Come, come whoever you are Wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving Come, come whoever you are caravan of despair Come again, come. Every time we turn to spirit, every time we choose it, it chooses us. And it doesn't matter. Wanderer, if you're wandering or worshiping, or you're a lover of leaving, that that has become your pattern. I love that chant. It's just so beautiful. Rumi was such a gift to the planet. And the consciousness has now welcomed him into our 
lives. It's a beautiful thing. I just feel, I feel so blessed to be able to turn to this beautiful young man and sing that song on, on uh, this occasion because for me it just resonates so beautifully. So thank you, Brian, for your, your music. Thank you, Al, once again for being here with us. And the, all the gifts, what beautiful blessings we have. And that's part of spiritual practice. That's part of spiritual living, looking at it and saying, what today can I celebrate? So thank you. So today's uh, lesson is entitled, Those Who Laugh Last. Those Who Laugh Last. So have you laughed at all this morning? I can tell you have. Yes, yes, you have. So anyway, I wanted to begin with a story that uh, Dr. Ken Gordon told in Chicago that I thought was so appropriate. Because in spiritual community, I've been here eight years now, you watch many things happen. And, and so when you're, in the center, when you're in the eye of the hurricane, as they say, it's interesting to watch. But you'll watch people that'll come to the center and they'll have, uh, they'll have an agenda. They'll, they'll want to sell a product. And then when they find out they're not going to be able to mass market to the congregation, they'll leave. Or sometimes people will show up and they meet here and a couple will get together and they'll fall in love and it'll be the best thing since sliced bread. And then six months later, they fall apart. And then they decide, it's sort of like a divorce, who gets the, the center, who gets the community. And a lot of times they just both leave. <laughs> or there'll be a real estate deal with a realtor from the community that'll work the deal with somebody and it won't go as well as planned, and then all of a sudden, they'll both disappear. So there's a lot of reasons why we come to spiritual community. There's a lot of reasons why we leave. And sometimes we've just grown beyond what's available, and it's time for a new teacher and all of that stuff. So anyway, there's a, as the story goes, Dr. Ken shared, there's a cruise ship going through the South Pacific, and they happen to be off course a bit, and they see this island off in the distance, and there's a man jumping up and down and waving his arms, doing jumping jacks on the beach, trying to get their attention. And so they spy the man, and they, they, they send a small dinghy over there, and these guys go to, to find out what's going on with this guy. And it turns out he's been shipwrecked there for a number of years. And so they look, and they see that on the beach, back up against the, where the land starts to rise, there's three cottages that have been built. And so they inquire, and they said, are there people living here with you? There seems to be three uh, fairly well-maintained buildings here, or huts. And he said, well, the first one over there, that's where I live. That is my, that's my home. And he said, that, then the second one, <clears throat> he said, that's, that's my church, because I'm very, very devout, and I love to worship, and I go to church on a regular basis, make sure I get there every Sunday. And so they said, well, who, what's with the third one? And he said, well, that's a church I used to go to. <laughs> so this might be the church you used to go to. You may have forgotten and wandered in here today. But maybe not. We're a pretty awake group here. You know, it's interesting to be in, in, in community, and I look out and, and look at, uh, you know, why we're here each week. And last week I talked about the idea of staying awake together, you know, the, the, the story of Jesus when he was in the garden at uh, the Mount of Olives, and said, stay awake with me. And they all fell asleep. And it's such a great metaphor for what we teach because really we're here to continue to waken up to our lives. And, and this book, 29 Questions for the Ordinary Life, they're, they're really 29 wonderful questions. None of us have ordinary lives, but we may think we do. And so as we, we wake up in consciousness, things shift and change. So we're not, there's nothing that's... Um, nothing stays the same. And so what we teach here is Change. And what we support here and we watch unfold here is change. And change in a way that is more fully orbed. I like the, the term fully orbed. Something that's more alive. What we do here is we change lives. And it's a teaching. It's a beautiful tradition. 
And yet, because it's so nonlinear, because it is so subjective, because that's what we teach, the law responds to us at the level of our consciousness. And that's the subjective part. It, it responds automatically. The law is the law just like electricity. You know, if we, if we use electricity well, it can illuminate the room, it can, it can amplify voices, it can do many wonderful things. If we use it incorrectly, it can, it can start a fire, it can kill us. So it's really about using the law well, because the law simply says yes. So we, we look out in the world and we see things happening, and it's, people, it's just people living in ignorance. It's people not using the law well. In Norm Bouchard's book, he says, when you walk with purpose, you collide with destiny. When you walk with purpose, you collide with destiny. And destiny is not fate. Destiny is living our, our best life possible and growing into that. And so what has to go for us to do that? What do we have to put down? And why are we here? Why is this community? What's important about this community? Why is it alive? Why We are in a, a vibrantly, vibrant spiritual community alive and awakened by personal transformation. And so what we support here, our focus is the personal transformation of the individual. Without that, there's no reason to be here. There's nothing we, you know, there's, there's, we can go do what we do elsewhere. We can go find wonderful musicians and we can, but it's really about personal transformation. And so it's important for us, I think, to, to talk about that a bit and why we're, where we are. Because everything you see uh, that we're here with today is a result of, of an idea being planted years ago, weeks ago, days ago. You know, well, how we meet in this, in this auditorium with the, the labyrinth on the floor and the chairs that we move. It didn't look that way 10 years ago. 50 years ago, this was probably an empty lot, or 60 years ago. All of these things, but it's a result of consciousness shifting. It's a result of people making different choices and different decisions in their lives. All, everything we do here is geared towards personal transformation, and it must be demonstrated. It must be outpictured in the world. Last week, I talked about naming your good. What is your good? If we're clear about our good and we stay focused on it or we at least continue to nurture it when we walk with purpose, which is our good, we collide with destiny. And this is, this is the, uh, what, we're, what, we're, what we're about here, is walking with purpose so that we can continue to collide with our destiny because the infinite already knows our good. We think we have to figure it out, and it's helpful to know. But uh, Norm Bouchard talks about it in his... Uh, in his book here, and in his lecture to Silomar, he had some interesting things to say. He said, when you are invested in answers, you always meet a dead end. So don't be looking for the answers as the destination. The answers are just the next step, how we move forward. We had a uh, dessert social here on Monday evening, and we never know how these things are going to go. We did it a bit early this year because Laura and I were planning on doing some traveling, which has changed a bit. But anyway, we found a date, and we invited people, and it was wonderful. A number of our, our staff ministers showed up, and a number of our practitioners, uh, interns showed up, and there were a few of our board members there. And what was really wonderful were a couple of uh, our members that had been here longer than I've been here, and they shared their experience. So what we did is we sat in the solarium, and we went around the circle, and I sort of broke it up into groups so we could hear the perspectives and the new people, why they're there, because it's important to tell the story. And what we, we support here, as I've said earlier, is change. Meaningful, powerful, wonderful change in our lives. And the way that comes about is through the shift and change of consciousness. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. And we can't do it for anyone. You can't do it for me. I can't do it for you. But we can have the conversation and keep it alive. And so one of the men that was there had gone through our foundations class about a year ago with Reverend Connie Nissen. Our classes are starting. And he talked about what the difference is for me now as opposed to a year ago is that God is alive in my life. 
I can honestly say, he said, I couldn't say this a year ago, but that God is alive in my life. And I thought, what a wonderful sharing that God is alive in our lives. And we understand it's not, we don't have to go anywhere to make that connection. We don't have to come here to make the connection with spirit. But what's happened as he's been part of the assembly, and the assembly is where consciousness is given birth, God becomes alive in our lives. And so what's the next best thing? What's the next right thing that wants to happen? And that's part of that visioning process if you get involved with with a bit of that within our community. Visioning is simply asking, what's God's idea for my life? What's God's idea for this community? But it was wonderful. It was very touching and wonderful. And I said, would you be willing to stand up on a Sunday and share that? And he said, well, maybe, you know. And while we were sitting there, um, and I know that uh, Dave Rochefort's here, but Dave shared a story about how wonderful it's been for him to be part of this community and to watch our youth and I know that uh, Samara and Beth are here today and, and really helping lead the charge with our... Yee, there they are over there. If you're wondering where they were, there they are. Helping lead the charge with our young adults. And Reverend Catherine's here has been, been really a, a maven with our teens for a number of years. And then Reverend Connie with all the work she's done with the youth. But Dave was sharing how joyful it was to watch our youth go through this, this tradition, to be indoctrinated in it, and to watch the difference they're making in the world. And how excited he was to bring his... I met her this morning, Haley, Haley Joe. Yeah, he's nodding. That's the right name. Uh, for her to be part of this. And I think she's about five. But there's a... It's so wonderful to hear that because we forget it sometimes. I mean, for me to, to be reminded as well. Why we're here. You know, if you look out in the world, there's a lot of people out there. I, was, I googled the Tea Party the other day. The Tea Party did the big rally at the, the Lincoln Memorial in the States. And they're... I want to know what the Tea Party was. And basically what it said in the, on Wikipedia was, they really don't have a platform, they're just angry. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, welcome to the world. My experience with, with what we teach is that it's, it's, it's so minute and, it, and it's so, um, but I think it's so important to talk about it. When we are really doing our work, when we're doing our spiritual work, when we're, you know, part of the second step in naming your good, and I'm going to do a little bit of that with someone today. The second step is dealing with whatever comes up. But if we've never dealt with whatever comes up in our lives, because for many of us, when we start to affirm that, you know, I'm always in the right place at the right time, that, 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 that spirit is prospering me in every good way. In fact, I pulled up a poem by Ernest Holmes today. He's got a wonderful book called 365 Days, Richer Living. And this is the beginning of this prayer. It was for August 16th whenever he wrote this. He said, all of God is available to every person. To every person. Whether you're part of the Tea Party, whether you're uh, an Eskimo fan. <laughs> Go Eskimos. Or an Alouettes fan. God's available to everyone. To the Muslim. To the atheist. Nothing is ever withheld for, for from a sincere seeker of truth. The infinite mind releases all of its ideas to every receptive consciousness. Are you a receptive consciousness? Am I a receptive consciousness? This is our work to do today. But what happens when we start to live and, and use these principles, this goes on for three paragraphs. Beautiful prayer. I blew it up so I could read it because I've noticed that <clears throat> it's getting, I have, my arm's not long enough anymore to read this stuff. I now receive ideas direct from God and I assimilate them and express them. These ideas are perfect and complete, revealing to me all that I need to know for this day. May, my way is now easy, for I know what to do in every instant, and order does prevail. I am inspired by God to do right and to live abundantly. 
No more doubt, no more questioning. I know exactly the way to go. See, this is part of destiny. When you move with this idea, you arrive at that. But we forget. And it's okay that we forget. Nothing wrong with forgetting. That's part of the challenge. When, uh, so Dave was sharing about the joy that, and the excitement of having his granddaughter exposed to this consciousness. Because what we do here is we teach people how to think. We're not stuck. I know that I will never see any of you at a tea party rally. Not because, you, you can go if you want, because you might want to be there to support somebody who's angry, but you won't be there be, for yourself. But it's really about stopping ourselves and catching our, and staying awake. When they asked the Buddha, are you enlightened? He said, no, I'm awake. I'm awake. To just stay awake is a gift on this planet. You know, the guys in the tea party, I love them. I do. My mother could be a member of this. Every time I talk to her, I say, Mom, where are you hearing this stuff? It was on TV. They're telling me this stuff. I said, no. You know, last time we saw her, she told me they were going to euthanize everybody over 80. I said, really, Mom, did somebody tell you that? Because my first inclination, I'm going to go slop whoever told her that, but it's somebody on the... Uh, but, but, but what it is, is just this fear-based idea. And so I get to say, Mom, I don't think that's accurate. Okay, the truck pulls up one day to euthanize you. You call me. I'll talk to him. <laughs> so I put her right at ease. You know what I mean? But when, what happens when we live this well, or we live it more consistently than not, then our children and our friends and our families start to get that. And they understand, you know, the people can come in and say, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And rather than duck, we can go outside with them and say, where? Where's the sky falling? What's going on here? Why are you scared? What's informing you? What are you running with in your consciousness? And bringing peace and order, as, Holmes, as Dr. Holmes said here, my way is now easy, for I know what to do at every instant. What's to do at every instant is, is unique unto you. There's no, there's no hard and fast rule to any of this. But as I've watched my own experience with, with, with young people in my life, my, my son Max is here today, and Max, when Max moved here when he was 13, first of all, he thought we were sending back the, the candidating packet, and it said AB on it, and he thought, I'm not moving to Alabama. And I said, you're right, Max, you're not moving, back to, you're not moving to Alabama. We're moving to Alberta. But Max didn't want to move. He was 13 years old, entrenched in the, his, his friends and in his environment. And to watch Max come here with us, not talk to us a whole lot for about a year, but assimilate himself into this culture and to find friends and to create a new life for himself, to connect with, with the youth program, and to use these principles in his life. He started to use the principles that we teach in this tradition. Every day he uses them because he's been immersed in it. And why it's important for all of us. So he builds upon the legacy of his, his mother's commitment and my commitment to what we teach. And so it frees up his valuable life energy to focus on things that are more interesting. Rather than me saying, Max, you're, you're a loser and you'll never be successful and don't even try. Just, be, you know, just survive. Be tough. Watch out for everyone. You know, I mean, many people were, were, were nurtured in that environment and still are. But, but to be able to be the gift of legacy is to be able to have him do something more interesting with his consciousness. So he just finished his first year of medical school at the U of A, and he's going to go back next year for his second year. And he had a wonderful experience this summer. He went down to Nicaragua and did some volunteer work with medical students. And so for for Laura and I, you know, it lightens our heart to see the joy and the opportunity and the possibility. And here's someone that is being called to his destiny. 
And, I, and the great thing is in 20 years, I'll be able to live in his basement for free, so I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> I'm thinking anyway, because Davis, his brother Davis already told me no way. But... And, and, and his brother Davis, who comes, he was here this morning. He came to church this morning, which we, we have a, a thing in the back. We put a notch on it every time Davis shows up. We have four notches in it in eight years. <laughs> Davis comes when Davis feels called. He actually came to be with his, his grandma today. And, uh, but, but Davis went out, and found, and went out and found his own funding and his own opportunities. He's going to go to Germany and study for a year in design through the U of A. But these guys have shown up, and they're just thriving in the things that they should be thriving and pouring their energy into. And that's life. That's life that, with possibility. You know, but if, if I didn't have these principles in my life, if I, wasn't, if I hadn't made a vow to this, then, then their energy would be, uh, would be... There's always distractions, but I think their energy would be deflected in some way. And so that's why it's so important for all of us to live our best life, because then we become a gift for everybody, and then we become launching pads for people. And, and Max doesn't have to please his, his mother or I. In Norm Bouchard's book, he talks in here about uh, an allowance. He went to his mother one day. And said, uh, you know, all my friends get allowance. My friend, my friend Dan gets an allowance. My friend Holly gets an allowance. My friend John gets an allowance. My friend Joyce gets an allowance. My friend Gail gets an allowance. And his, his mother said, Norm, chill out here, buddy. Your allowance is that you're allowed to live in this house with us. This is your allowance. And, and well, I, I, I went to work when I was five years old. <laughs> We had 11 of us. Nobody was getting an allowance. We worked. But she said, when you're part of a family, it's not about being paid to be part of the family. It's about contribution. And what's powerful about this is that all of a sudden, we start to see our children as capable and to find the resources and to find the opportunities. And they become self-starters and they become self-motivated. And they look for opportunities. And then all of a sudden, the gift you give them is, you know, wherever I go, I can take care of myself because I don't have an allowance. It's, it's subtle, but it's powerful. I love that scene in um, Remember the Titans, football coach. And the, f- the football coach, they were integrating the black and the white team, and the football coach says, he would chew the players out. The black coach, it was uh, De- Denzel Washington. He's made some amazing movies in the last few years. And Denzel Washington is standing there watching a coach that he'd, he'd replaced, who was the white coach, had been the head coach for a while. And every time he would chew a player out, the white coach would bring him over, put his arm around him, and pat him on the shoulder and say, it'll be okay, don't worry, he's... He doesn't, don't take it personally. And finally, Denzel Washington's character says to the, to the other coach, he said, you know, you think you're helping these kids. You're crippling them. Stop it. Stop it. Because I'm holding them accountable. So stop it. And it's just so telling because we think, sometimes we think we know what love's supposed to look like. But if we don't hold one another capable and powerful and, and, and demand that we all stretch to a bigger idea, then we're just enabling. So it's powerful. It's a powerful, and we change lives here. So when Dave sits down with us in the group and he talks about how excited he is to watch his five-year-old granddaughter being immersed in this teaching. You know, I think about Chelsea and York and their two girls. There's a whole lifetime ahead of them, a possibility, an opportunity that not everybody has. And it's precious and it's wonderful and we change lives here. It's powerful, powerful stuff. That's why I say to you, you know, please, whatever you can do, my vision for this place is we're planting seeds right now for five years down the road. What's possible for us? 
Could we have a world-class facility that we could do a variety of things and expand our programs in ways we can't even imagine right now? I was talking to Reverend Julie Tkachuk before service. She said, you know, we're talking about ministry, what it's going to look like. All these wonderful consciousnesses that want to share and make a difference in the world. And, and, we're, going to, and we're going to create that. The universe abhors a vacuum. I was watching Joel Olstein this morning. I tape him. Somebody asked me this morning, what time's he on? I said, I don't know. I tape him. I'm not going to get up early to watch Joel. I love Joel, but it, you know, he's probably on at 6 in the morning. But he was telling the story. Have you ever seen Joel? They meet in this stadium. It's like 18,000 people, and it's packed. It's packed. And uh, it, it, they built it for $400 million when it was a basketball stadium. And then the basketball team built a new stadium. So someone said to Joel, you know, we know you're looking for space, and you're growing like crazy. We'd like to have you... Make us an offer. And Joel says, well, I don't have $400 million. He said, Joel, you don't need $400 million. We'll sell it to you for $20 million. And the pieces fell together in a way. He was, talking about, he was talking about radical blessings in your life this morning. He was teaching the science of mind. For the first 25 minutes of his talk, he was teaching pure science of mind. And then for the last five minutes, he started talking about those that are unworthy. And he started threw the devil in there about four or five times. Because you've got to wrap it up so that everybody makes sense. Because you've got to have the bad guy. <laughs> but the point being is, he's using the law. He's using the law. Planting seeds of possibility. And we're looking down the road now in terms of what do we do? Where are we going? How do we do this? How do we collaborate? What are the ways? And the reason I'm so passionate about it is because I've watched this happen in my, own, my, my children's lives. And the blessings in my own life, in their lives, whatever I can give back. You know, I, there's, there, I watched, made the mistake of watching the news the other day. And then I got to do forgiveness work for the next six hours. And every time it comes up, I have to do the Honopono. You know, Honopono is that doctor that was in Dr. E that was in Hawaii, and they made him in charge of the mental hospital. He never met with a patient for like three or four years, but what he would do is he'd take their file and he'd look at it, He'd look at their picture, and he would say, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And every time I pick somebody up in my mind that I think needs a good spiritual slapping, I stop and say, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. Because if there's one of us, there's something within me that is creating this, this frustration, and I don't want to go there with you. I want to go there in the love. Al's song, you know, he's going to sing a great song here in a moment. But it's really, about, it's really about monitoring my own awareness and my own consciousness. Because I can stay stuck there. I can look at the atrocities that are going on in the world. And, and to do whatever's before us, to do it well and to, to make a difference. But we must do the work at the level of consciousness. If we don't have peace in our own mind, if we don't bring peace home to our children and to the people that we love, then how can there be peace in the world? So last week we were talking about naming your good. Naming your good is part of that destiny, part of that, part of that idea. And I, and I have sheets that are on this green paper. They're in the back, and it lists all seven steps because I promised that to you. When you walk with purpose, you collide with destiny. See, your good is your, your purpose. So who's here not clear about good in your life? Who doesn't know? Before I pick, point a finger at somebody and bring them up here. Colin, I think you should come on up. Come on up, buddy. Because I asked last time who knew they're good and everybody got up and they were brilliant and it was, it was fine. But, uh, so what do you think your good is in, in, in the world? Hmm. Naming your good. My good. Yeah. What do you it. long for? What are you called for? If, 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 if resources weren't an issue, what is your good? What are you being called to in your life? What would it look like? Well, I, I have a passion in my life for, uh, for sharing um, 
a master numerologist and it really encompasses all all our being right right and i would love to share that with people and what they what they have in their life and what they're wanting to have in their life right okay and how to uh, and have that for them okay have them so that's about service for others and i get that so it's about serving and it's about sharing it's insight and wisdom so oh. and, and what is your good around that what 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 does that bring to you i guess the word that shows up is just love okay all right, so you're, so, so you're good then is doing, sharing your modality in a way that supports others in living their best life. Absolutely. Yeah, and you connect with that. Yes. Is that accurate? Perfect. Okay. Because you look pretty happy when you say that. See, when you find your good or when you talk about your good, you're, you should smile. It shouldn't be, well, you know, I'd like to do, I'd like a little peace. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd like to go down to the, the buffet and... Uh, don't say buffet. I just got off a 10-day cruise. And... Okay, okay. <laughs> cruise ship. We could bring a cruise ship up the North Saskatchewan and just meet on that, couldn't we? Nice idea. See where the ideas are flowing? Awesome. Awesome. So that, but, but you're good, and that's, and that's wonderful. So work with that. And you know what, and you know what that is, to share what you have and, and, to, and to bring love to the world in a way that's powerful and wonderful. And that's enough. And today, that's your good. Yeah, it's funny that you should say that because it's like when I'm out of that, when I'm out of th- that connection with that love with yep. myself and other people, yep. it's not it's not right. My world isn't right. Yeah, it's like when I yeah. it's like if I have something that bothers me about you or somebody right. else, it just doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, absolutely. So Thanks, well. buddy. Thanks. All right. So it's, it's, it's simple stuff. It's not complicated. You know, as I've said a few times, it's Ernest Holmes, not Sherlock Holmes. You can figure this stuff out. Oh, some of you can. You all can. It's easy. You know what? It's a simple, simple teaching. What it re- requires is mindfulness. It requires a commitment to it. There was a lady that uh, was asked to testify. She was very elderly, and they brought her into the courtroom, and the attorney walked up. The, the prosecuting attorney walked up and said, Mrs. Jones, do you know me? And she said, I certainly do. You have just disappointed me to no end. You're a lie, you're a drunk, and you cheat on your wife, and you've represented friends of mine, and have, you have not done well. You've been very unfair. The attorney backs up, and he says, well, do you know the defense attorney? He says, yeah, I know him too, that little rat. I used to babysit him when he was a little kid, and he's a stinker. And he's a liar just like you, and he thinks he's Mr. Fancy Pants, and he just runs around town putting on airs, and can't stand him either. So the judge says, calls both attorneys to, the, to the, uh, uh, his desk, and he says, come on up here. And the guys come up, and the judge says, now look, if either one of you ask her if she knows me, Those that laugh, last. And it's, it's finding the joy in our lives and letting the joy lead us to what our purpose is and what our, and what our good is. And our good changes. Our good continues to change. The seeds of things that you see here within this community, with our music program, and with our, our volunteer program, you know, we're constantly looking at it in ways that will help improve it so that we can provide better service and we can help continue to support people in changing their lives. And it's, it's a powerful, dynamic, amazing thing to be part of. And so that's why we're so committed to our classes. And that's why I'm teaching this prosperity 
plus class. We just um, offering it this week, but it's something that I know we're called to do here because I want to I want to spend time with the people that are serious about this and I have the time right now to do that and look at what is my good and how can I create that that avenue for good in my life? How can I prosper more? How can I be more successful? Because this is what we stand for. Let's have things in our lives that work. Let's take the distractions out of our life that no longer serve us. Naming our good. What do we want? And the next one is deny anything that can get in our way. Because as we start to name our good, as we start to do the affirmative prayer, things show up for us. So that's not true. You can't have that. How could you possibly have that? All of those things, they're just ideas. They just float around in there. So when they come up for us, we get to go, oh, look at that. I don't think I'm good enough. Who in there thinks I'm not good enough? Norman Bouchard said he got on a bus one time in Chicago and he said there was, there was, everybody was crowded to the front. And he went walking to the back and there was one guy and, and like 10 chairs on both sides of this guy. And the guy was back there talking to himself, going on and on and on. And he said, what I realized from that was that if you want to find space on a bus, sit in the back and talk to yourself. It was an opportunity. Deny that anything can get in your way is number two. Affirm your good from the place of already being there. That's why we pray in the here and now. I am divinely guided. I am inspired right here and right now. Journal. Be clear of your good. So get clear about it. What is your good? What is it really your good? And call and work with that. You know, this is what... And, what, and where does that take you? It, because it, it needs legs. It needs active, activity. Because realization without application is hallucination. You know, we're, one of the great things about us is we don't teach that you, you, know, you don't go to medical school. What we teach is that God works through everyone. God is present everywhere. And it's our opportunity or our responsibility to see it with everyone. So when people come to me and say they're having a physical problem, I say, well, let's trade for the right information and for the right guidance and the right people to step up in your life. And maybe it's a holistic practice. Maybe it's a chiropractor. Maybe it's Reiki. Maybe it's whatever it may be. Well, I don't know. You'll be guided to it. And you'll find, the right, you'll, you'll find the right resources. Number four, solidify your faith. You continually say what is true and not true for you. Number five, our words are in alignment with our new reality. So we catch ourselves, we monitor ourselves. Number six, words have power. And number seven, you finally understand because you understand how this principle works. That life is, that life is permeable. We're not stuck. And as consciousness shifts and changes... We give birth to things here. We're here so that everyone can live their best life, to share their gifts. That's what makes a difference in the world. I'm not going to a tea party meeting, ever. I'm going to love them, and I'm going to support their right to be angry. See, I think it's a good thing they can all get together and be angry. It's cathartic. I'd rather have them all getting together and complaining together than all doing it individually all over the planet. Let's get together and just have this great big bitching session for three days, and we'll go home. It's kind of like Woodstock for the angry. It's not a bad thing. What my responsibility with it is, is I get to love them all. Like Dr. Dr. E, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. Because the anger that I carry with me is part of their anger. And that's all I'm doing is acknowledging it. And what it does for me, that prayer, it shifts me out of that. And it grounds me back. And I find that a really wonderful tool for forgiveness. Because I don't want to be caught up in that. When I find myself getting caught and getting hooked, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. It's just a reminder of me to pull me back to clarity so I can think. And so the infinite can think by means of me. It's simple, but it's, it's taken years to get to that point. 
I never thought I could apply this teaching uh, successfully in my life when I found it. I thought it was a great idea, but not for me. You've got to be paying attention all the time. I've never been able to pay attention all the time. But what happened was, see, I thought I had to do it now. It was a journey. So I took the classes. I worked with the practitioners. I took the classes. I worked with the practitioners. And then I'd say, got it. I'm, I'm out of here. I never have to go back again. Because I was the biggest guy in the congregation. I had to push the piano every Sunday morning. So part of my affirmation was, I'm going to get this down so I don't have to move the piano every Sunday morning. But pretty soon I was back moving the piano again. I realized, you know what, I think I need to be there moving the piano. So it's gradual, sequential, and inevitable. And we offer it. We offer it with great love, with great clarity, with great consciousness. We expect your lives to get better. This is a provable science. And watch the generations, Dave was saying, you know, to watch these kids go out in the world and make a difference. It's powerful and it's wonderful. And it is, it's an inspiration to be reminded why we're doing the things because it's easy, it's easy to forget. And you're not, here, you're not here by accident. You're called to being here. It, consciousness and the shift and change of consciousness is the only thing that has ever changed the planet. And we don't have to fix it. We don't have to have a strong opinion about it. We just have to see the things that aren't working and say, that doesn't represent me. I'm not putting any energy into that. I choose to look at something more interesting and more powerful in my life. What's the next great idea that wants to be expressed here for myself personally or collectively or for this community? And I don't have to beat, I don't have to burn anybody else's belief system down. I don't have to hate the tea partiers or anyone else. I just simply have to continue to bring myself back to my own consciousness and filter it and to not get caught up in that trap. And so it's powerful and it's wonderful. And Dr. Holmes, I don't even have to write the prayers. I can buy one of his books. All, all you need is one of his books. God's ideas fill my mind and there's no room for any wrong thoughts. I claim my health, my prosperity, and my full expression. As I make these claims, the infinite supplies everything I need to fulfill them. All powers given unto me to demonstrate the desires of my heart. So name your good and watch out. And strap on your seatbelt. All life surges through me as health. All prosperous ideas quicken my consciousness. And money comes to me from all directions. I deny any and all negative thoughts which seem to contradict this truth. So he's dealing with it right there. Whatever comes up. Anything that comes up that's contrary, I, but he set it up. See, to learn how to think is to learn how to live. We're here to think and think beautifully and wonderfully like artists. And to create beauty on the planet. And to plant seeds of possibility. I mean, that's just, it's inspirational. When my dad retired, my father was the mayor of the town. We were in this little town, and he, he, he did the mayor thing for a while, and then he retired, and he never made a whole bunch of money. He had th 11 kids. And so what he did is he decided he was going to endow the senior citizens people of that community. And he, he, he went out and he raised $9 million back in the early 70s. That is the endowment program that has grown and grown and grown over the years. They built their building. They service thousands of senior citizens, either that reside there or they take meals to. It's part of his legacy. But he just felt called to do that. He started with nothing. He started with nothing. And so we all start with nothing. At Asilomar, my, the guy asked me how I wanted to be introduced. I spoke there a couple weeks ago. I said, I've done so much with so little for so long that I'm certain I can create anything from nothing. He said, that's really good. I've got to write that down. And then he messed it all up during the introduction, but it's all okay. <laughs> it's all good. But for all of us, we've all started with nothing, and here we are. And they continue to, to support the idea of shifting and changing consciousness. 
and to, and to give birth to what wants to be given birth to. It's powerful and it's wonderful. Isn't it so much more interesting idea than being angry? Because life's life. There's always going to be things going on in the world we don't agree with. But we can't influence a lot of that. We can only influence our consciousness. So I just thank you. It's such a blessing to be part of this community, to be part of this, this ancient tradition of the perennial truth that all the great avatars uh, talked about and supported. So this week, name your good and move with that purpose and you will arrive at your destiny. And so it is.